there, I'm Andrea Koppel, and it's time for coffee, the podcast where you get to hear firsthand what the jobs and careers that interest you the most are really like. Hey there, Java junkies. Welcome to another episode of Time for Coffee. Now that summer is just around the corner, and for many of us, that means summer vacations are within reach. And whether you plan to spend yours camping, hiking, or at the beach, it probably means you're going to have more time to read that great work of fiction or that new best-selling biography sitting next to your nightstand. Well, my next guest knows all about what it takes to acquire, edit, and market those books because he is the president and publisher at Simon & Schuster Adult Publishing. Simon & Schuster is one of the big five publishing houses in the U.S. But before I introduce you to the incredibly talented and successful Jonathan Karp, I want to make sure you've signed up for the Java Junkies Journal. That's our weekly newsletter that gives you a sneak peek of the episodes we're going to be dropping that week. Just head over to the Time for Coffee website at time4coffee.org and the sign-up box is right there on the homepage. Now, my bookish friends, please grab your mug and take a chug of your favorite caffeinated brew because it's time for another caffeinated career conversation. And my erudite next guest is Jonathan Karp, who joined Simon & Schuster in 2010. Today, he is responsible for the editorial and publishing activities of the Simon & Schuster and Free Press imprints. Jonathan was previously publisher and editor-in-chief of 12, an imprint of the Hatchet Book Group, and editor-in-chief of Random House, where he actually began his publishing career in 1989 as an editorial assistant and worked there for 16 years. Jonathan, welcome to Time for Coffee. Are you caffeinated and ready to go? I am drinking a very tall glass of water and I'm ready to go. I find that so interesting because I'm guessing, Jonathan, you pull some really long days And you don't need caffeine to kind of wade your way through all those manuscripts. Actually, I fall asleep while I'm reading a lot. It's probably the biggest problem occupationally that I have. And so do you just not like coffee or tea? I've never liked the taste of it. You know what? Power to you. I think (laughs) we, we, as I've said many times, we accept all varieties of guests, and I welcome you very warmly. I appreciate your inclusiveness. (laughs) Jonathan, I am just thrilled to have you on the show. And what I'd like to do to maximize our time together is to jump right into the Time for Coffee espresso shots. These are those 10 questions to help Java junkies learn more about how they can get into, in this case, the publishing industry. So first question, what entry-level jobs are available to young people who want to break into publishing? Publishing is an apprentice profession. Everybody starts as an assistant, which is great because you can really get a view of a lot of different parts of the business. So you could start as an assistant in marketing or sales or publicity, editorial, contracts. Any part of the publishing operation begins as an assistant. Got it. And in your case... You started, was it as an editorial assistant? 
I started as an editorial assistant. I actually interviewed in publicity as well. And I decided that editorial was, was better for me. Great. So Jonathan, what is a useful skill or skills that you've looked for over the years in the young people that you hire? Well, I actually asked our director of recruiting what she looks, looks for. And she said that for her, it's passion and an interest in books and storytelling, great conversational skills, verbal and written. Those are all factors. I personally think that if a person can come in and just talk about books in an interesting way, that usually gets my attention. What do you mean by an interesting way? Do you mean that they can rattle off a variety of books that they've read? No, actually, it means that they their minds work in a creative way, that they speak with some originality, that it's clear that they're actually in the moment with me and articulating something that, that comes, comes from them, comes from their heart and suggests they're capable of forming interesting thoughts on the spot. Got it. Jonathan, is someone's major a deciding factor to get into publishing? And I know you actually didn't study English or literature, but what do you think? Do you think it's helpful? I don't think it matters. I, again, I asked our director of recruiting this question because I wasn't sure myself. And she said that some people do have a background in English or clinical psychology, but that it really varies tremendously. And I personally had a major in American civilization, which was sort of a blend of English and history. And I took, some, I took a lot of political science, basically a liberal arts major. And I don't think it really matters. I think that we're just looking for people who who love books and who can articulate what's unusual in a book, why a book matters. Really, you could have any background at all. One of the best publishers I've ever worked with actually uh, worked as a car dealer. <laughs> so uh, it really doesn't matter. Well, I'm guessing if they worked as a car dealer, they know how to sell any kind of a lemon. And I'm sure I'm not <laughs> saying that you were trying to sell lemons, but if you can sell a lemon, you can sell a great work of fiction for sure. I agree. Jonathan, what about a graduate school degree? And I know you have a grad school degree in American civilization, just like your undergraduate. But do you think that it is important, not necessarily for the entry level positions, more so for those who want to make their way up the ladder as you have perhaps to the very top position? I personally don't think it matters, although I've been told that if you want to be an editor, that actually having some kind of an advanced degree or uh, maybe a master's degree or attending a publishing course might help you get hired. I personally am not sure it would matter if I were doing the hiring. I'm, I'm sure it wouldn't, actually. The, the master's degree I got, I got at night while I was an editorial assistant. I'd already been hired, and I really just did it out of intellectual curiosity. Do you know off the top of your head what courses our Java junkies might be able to take to supplement their undergraduate degrees? Yes, there are several courses. There are seven, seven or eight week programs. They're held in the summer. NYU has a very good professional publishing course. Columbia University has one. There's one at, at the University of Denver, I think. It's in Denver. It's a Denver publishing program. Case University has one. There are a number. Great. What about life experiences. What do you think, Jonathan, are most useful for young people starting out in this field to have cultivated? And again, I know in your case, you began your career as a newspaper journalist. Being a newspaper reporter was 
enormously helpful to me because I think you can boil down just about all writing and many, many aspects of how to get along in life to those basic questions of who, what, when, where, why, and how. And any memo you write, any argument you make, any story you tell has to cover those basic aspects. So for me, journalism was the perfect training ground. I think that if you're not a journalist, there are a lot of other ways you can approach it. You could you could have your own blog. You could be in a book club. You could work in a bookstore. You could write for a campus publication. Any kind of communication that you can do publicly is, I think, good training for working in a publishing company. Fantastic. Now, this is going to be an easy question for you, Jonathan. What is the best part for you of being in the publishing industry? I assume you think that it's reading, and actually that's not the answer. The answer for me is getting to talk to writers, ask them questions, and and help them come up with ideas for their work. I just think that it's an incredibly satisfying and creative way to work, to be able to engage with some of the very best and most creative minds around and talk to them about whatever is interesting. You're right. I did think it was going to be reading, but I can also see where it would be absolutely fascinating to get to talk to some of these incredibly thoughtful, knowledgeable, and creative artists who are out there. So the flip side, because every job has a flip side, no matter how high up on the totem pole you are, what is the part of your current job, Jonathan, that sucks the most? Well, I think when a book isn't working, when it's not selling or when when a literary agent or an author wants you to put more resources into something and you can't do it because it's not a good business decision, I think that really, that's always very frustrating because you, you want every book to succeed. You think that you're doing it for a reason. You believe in the writer, you believe in the endeavor, but sometimes books just don't connect. And, and when that happens, you have to move on to other things. So that, that can be painful. Absolutely. Now, for this next question about the best career advice you've ever gotten. I've actually read some interviews that you've given, Jonathan, and and you've gotten a lot of great career advice over the course of your career. I think that the best advice I got was when I was 22, and I was in summer intern at the Washington Post, and I was interviewing a, a very creative man, a man named Rupert Holmes. And he was at the time working on a musical that was about to premiere on Broadway. And uh, he was the composer and the lyricist and the book writer of the show. And I asked him if, if he was confident about his prospects. And he said, oh, certainly not. I mean, I think I'm, I'm totally faking it. And, and furthermore, I think everybody is faking it. And the fact that this really talented man said that really made an impression on me. The musical that he was writing at the time was The Mystery of Edwin Drood. It went on to win four Tony Awards, which I think was the first time that anybody had ever done that for book and music and lyrics. And, and the fact that he had told me before the show premiere that he was faking it really has stayed with me my whole life. <laughs> and it made me a lot more relaxed as I made my way through every job I've done, just because I, I knew that to some degree, everybody's a little bit nervous and has doubts about their own ability. And you just really have to go in there and be as confident as you can. I love that advice. And the idea that he went on to win all those Tonys is so comforting, right? Like no matter how successful you already are, or maybe there are areas of insecurity and just get over it. 
Yeah, you can't you can't be overwhelmed by your insecurity because everybody is insecure. And what I found is that the people who actually are most in touch with their insecurity and either find a way to turn their insecurity into something positive or control their insecurity, they tend to, I think, do better. Wonderful. So we're down to our final two espresso shots. What movies, if any, Jonathan, or Netflix, Amazon, Hulu shows, or fiction books, do you think accurately depict the publishing industry? There's a novel by a writer I love named Herman Woke, and the novel is Youngblood Hawk, and it's a big, sweeping American novel set at, set at mid-century in the 1950s about a writer and his relationship with an editor, and I, I loved that book. I think that uh, movies, there's a Jack Nicholson movie called Wolf, where he plays an editor, and I thought it was pretty entertaining. And there's a TV show called Younger that's set in the publishing world that I've heard is pretty fun. I haven't actually seen it myself, but I've heard that it's surprisingly realistic. And then there are, there are also just a lot of really good books written about publishing. I would highly recommend Michael Corda's book, which is called Another Life. And also, if you're really interested in learning about the publishing industry, probably the best way is to subscribe to this, this daily email that goes out called Publishers Lunch. It's on a site called PublishersMarketplace.com, and they aggregate all the best stories about the publishing world, and it's a very good resource. One last thing, actually, there, Poets and Writers has a series of interviews. And if you, so if you go to the Poets and Writers website, you can see a lot of really good Q&As there. Actually, I read one of them with you, and I highly recommend it. I think it, it was such an extensive interview. I think that's fantastic. And we will include all of these wonderful resources in our show notes. So, Jonathan, final time for Coffee Espresso Shot. What would Java Junkies be surprised to learn about your profession? Well, I think that actually what, what we were talking about a minute ago, that probably reading is not the biggest part of the job, at least at the office. I mean, I think that reading takes up a lot of my weekends and it and can take up a lot of your nights too. But during the day, you're here to advance the interests of the authors however you can do that. And that means publicity, it means production, it means trying to find new writers and meeting with them. So there's actually very little reading at the office. Wow, that that actually is surprising. And it's a reality check. Because if you think this is a nine to five job, folks, it ain't right. Exactly. And I've also often said that I think that if you like reading, I'm not so sure that that's the best reason to go into publishing. I think you should go into publishing because you like discovering writers and being their champion and working with writers and advocating for them. I think that's really what publishing is about. I mean, I believe that the Latin root of the word publishing is to make known. So it's not about sitting around reading. And I think that a lot of people who apply for these jobs, they have that assumption, and I don't think it's correct. Jonathan Karp, I want to thank you so much for making time for water, I mean, for coffee with me today. <laughs> And the Time for Coffee community. This was so fascinating. And I know we haven't even gotten into you and your career, which we'll do in our longer interview. But thank you so much for making Time for Coffee today. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to Time for Coffee, where the professionals in the jobs that most interest you always have time to grab coffee 24-7, no matter where you live. I have one quick favor to ask you. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe to Time for Coffee 
Thanks so much.